Open your Bibles, if you will, to John chapter 12. John chapter 12. And, and the thought that I have on my mind today has to do with that hungering after the Lord, uh, that place where you desire intimacy with him. I think the Lord so desires to have intimacy with us that he even thirsts after us. But we need to have a hunger and a thirst after the Lord and uh, just being in his presence and all of these kind of a thing. You can have salvation, have the promise of heaven and everything else. But man, if you miss out on that intimacy with the Lord, you've missed out on the most important thing. Now, the in this story here we're going to read, I think it illustrates the, the point I'm trying to make. It's a very uh, familiar story to you. This is the story where Mary washes Jesus' feet um, with her hair. And so you're very familiar with this, so it ought, to, it ought to kind of speak to you. But it says in verse 1, it says, Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. This is a, one of the greatest miracles in the Bible, where Jesus raised a man, raised Lazarus from the dead. It literally happened. One of the greatest miracles there is, where Jesus raised a man who had been dead for days, you know, the last Lazarus come forth and he walks out of the tomb and life comes into him. Let me dare say that the same thing happens to us at salvation. We pass from death to life. We were dead in our in our trespasses. We were dead in our sins, destined for hell. But we have an encounter with the Lord. We become convicted of our sins. We repent of our sins, ask Christ to forgive us of our sins. And it says that he is faithful and just to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And uh, we ask Christ to forgive us and, and, and come into our lives. And we're saved. And at that point, the Holy Spirit comes into our lives. Life. the the holy spirit is life it it, des, it describes the holy spirit of being like a wellspring of living water flowing up to eternal life amen jesus is the one who gives us life sustains our life provides eternal life satan comes to kill steal and destroy but Jesus comes to give us life and life abundance. So when we come to salvation, when we come into salvation by faith, um, we enter from we go from death to life. And in verse two, it says, and there they made him a supper and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, and then he invited him to the table. He was raised from the dead, and he was brought to the table. Now, the table represents that place, that intimate place with the Lord, where you are sitting in his presence. You are, he is he is feeding you and he is nourishing you and you're enjoying intimacy and fellowship with the Lord in a, in a powerful manner. I mean, it doesn't get any, any more uh, intimate than, than, than this, you know, that whole idea of Christ in you and you in Christ, you know, that's intimacy. And uh, we need to be able to spend time in the presence of the Lord. Amen. It's, it's like so, so Im important to us. A long time ago, I uh, preached a message on uh, coming to the, the Lord's table, the coming dine at the Lord's table. And uh, I remember 
at the time, I, I brought up the fact of these different kings within the Bible. For instance, Saul, King Saul, had a table set, and when when king when the king set a table, he expected people to come. And he even got aggravated when people didn't come. There's a story where David was expected to be there and David wasn't there. Saul becomes irritated and says, where is he? Where is David? Why does he refuse to come to my table? Now, David had a good reason for not coming to Saul's table, but the truth still remains. If Saul can be aggravated that that uh, his servants do not show up at his table when he's given them the invitation to come, how much more do you think our Heavenly Father is going to be irritated at us if we don't show up at his invitation? In fact, in the New Testament, uh, there's that whole business you know, where the 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 Lord makes a banquet and he invites them to come to the banquet and, and uh, nobody shows up. And so he sends them out to, you know, looking in the highways and the byways and just tells them to invite them all kind of a thing. And so this is not just an Old Testament concept. This is a New Testament concept as well. David set a table and it it was considered an honor to be able to come to the master's table and it should be considered an honor for us that the invitation is there david once told jonathan that there would always be a place at his table for him he told jonathan that he shall eat bread uh, from from his table continually and the same thing is true for us there's always going to be a place for us at the lord's table where we will come and Feed upon the the presence of God. Feed upon the Lord and he will reveal things to us and show things to us and we'll see things and hear things that we wouldn't otherwise even be able to hear. But thank God for this place that he makes for us at the table. Uh, King Solomon made a place at the table. You remember when uh, the Queen of Sheba came and and she was... uh, uh, she came to meet Solomon because she had heard all these things about him. And then she said, man, even the half of what I've heard, you know, is, is, uh, you know, is more than even the half of what she'd heard. She couldn't believe what she was seeing and, and, and uh, what she had witnessed. And she made point of pointing out the table. She said, man, your table and the food that is upon the table, your servants. And she even said, happy are your people who stand before you continually and hear your wisdom. Man, that's the type of thing we need to do. We need to be hungering after the presence of God, thirsting after the presence of God, just just desiring intimacy with him, just to get as close as we can to him. And the word tells us that if we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. It would be a terrible thing to go through your whole salvation, your whole um, life, and not experience that type of intimacy with God. And then in verse 3, it says, Then Mary took a pound of ointment and spikenard very costly and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Man, can you see what's taking place here? Mary, Mary is worshiping the Lord. She is loving on Jesus, washing his feet with her her hair. Hair. Uh, there's other scriptures that say things like the hair of the woman is like uh, is to her honor. 
you know, and so I, I see where she's giving the Lord honor, uh, washing his feet, anointing his feet and things like this. And this is this is so, so, so important in this. This same story is recorded also in Matthew and in, and in Mark and, and in those um, accounts. And we get a little bit more detail about um, Mary and Martha. You see it up there in verse two where it says that Martha was serving while Mary was washing Jesus's feet, but Martha complains to the Lord, "Do you not care that I I'm serving, doing all this work, and then uh, and Mary is not helping?" And uh, Jesus tells her that uh, that Mary is doing the most important work. This is the most important work. Now, listen, don't get me wrong. I'm all about the works. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, we're not saved by our works, but we're, we're saved by grace through faith and not of works, lest any man should boast. But we're saved unto good works. And uh, Jesus even gives us some warnings, you know, that you are my friends if you do uh, what I command. And so it's the doers are the ones who are the friends of Jesus. If you love me, keep my commandments. You know, Jesus says, if you love me, keep my words. And so, man, I'm not cutting short the, the, the work part. Uh, we need to be mindful of that as well, but we can't do it grudgingly and all that. It's, it's motivated out of a love for um, the Lord. You remember there's a church in the, the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 2, one of those churches, the church of Ephesus, and uh, he addresses that church, and the first thing he does is he says, man, I know your works, you know, and your patience, and everything that they have done. He commends them on their good works, but he says, I have this one thing against you, that you have fallen out of love with me. He says, repent and return to your first work. You know, that loving Jesus is the first work. And so we love him. And uh, we need to keep that kind of thing in mind. And then notice here that, uh, you know, it talks about the house was filled with the odor of the ointment and, and everything like that. Listen, your, your uh, commitment to the Lord, your worship and adoration, your love for him, uh, man, it spills over. And it it blesses the entire room. It blesses the whole house somehow. And so keep that in mind in regards to your family members or disgruntled family or friends or co-workers and things like that. Your presence makes a difference and your love for the Lord and everything makes a difference. Those around you may not appreciate it. You know, they may be irritated by it but they're blessed and they they may not even realize that they're being blessed but your love and worship and adoration of the lord that intimacy that you share with god it benefits the whole house and so keep that kind of in mind you know don't give up man don't don't give up draw near uh, to the lord and then verse 4 it says then saith one of the disciples judas iscariot simon's son which should betray him why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bare what was in the bag. Now, here's here's the deal. Satan is a liar. Amen. Satan is a thief and a liar. He's out to rob you of your joy. He's out to he's out to rob you of that uh, that uh, place he's up to dis disrupt all of that 
fellowship that you have with with the Lord. He will attack you and he'll attack those around you. He'll try to speak things into your spirit that are, are not true. But uh, the Satan is out to interrupt this intimacy that you have with the Lord. The, notice what the point is here. He, he says, why was this ointment not sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This is one of the lies that Satan, this is one of the lies that Satan uh, whispers into our ears. You know, the enemy is always trying to um, interfere in, in our relationship with the Lord. Uh, he's always trying to, there's always another voice trying to seep in. You know, there's always some kind of a, of a lie there's always some kind of a voice there's a there's a a multitude of voices trying to compete with our attention and this one is basically saying you haven't given enough why was this ointment not sold and given to the poor and it tells us there that you know he's no more concerned about the poor than anything but this is the, the kind of lies that come to us why have you not given this to the poor now um, it, the the accusation in here is that that you you've not sacrificed enough, and uh, this this really does speak to me because I wrestle with this man. I'm the type of guy I I preach that following after Jesus is a sacrificial walk. I preach all those sermons that the Lord has called us to deny ourselves, take up the cross, and follow after him. It's a life of self-denial and sacrifice. We never get to that following Jesus part until we pick up the cross. We can't pick up the cross until we deny ourselves. I can preach that from almost any chapter in scripture and i often do following after jesus is very very sacrificial and i'm I'm to the point to where there's times i think i've given up everything there is to give up i've sacrificed everything and then the lord comes along and he says well how about that (laughs) he'll pick something up he'll point something out to me and he and he'll say how about this have you given this up to me and i'm sitting there thinking oh man you want that too you know, and so it's a continual struggle with me. And so then if Satan can come along and and accuse me, you know, the old liar, the accuser and accuse me of not sacrificing enough, um, man, that that can just tear me up. That just that just eats me alive. And and the thing about it is I struggle with this a, a lot. Uh, there's times I think I've I've messed up. There's times I think that maybe God is is finished with me. May, you know, you know that sort of thing, and so I, I I think about that kind of stuff. But that's the lies of the devil. You know, he'll tell you when you he'll tell you you haven't sacrificed enough when when in in you know when you've you've made sacri- tremendous sacrifices to follow after the Lord. But then he says this. Look at verse seven. It says, "Then said Jesus, let." her alone amen oh my gosh this blesses me i yearn to hear this oh god when the enemy comes against me and starts speaking lies against me and trying to weasel his voice and something negative into my spirit the word of god comes crashing in and destroys those lies those words of the enemy and he and just like he told this one leave her alone leave her alone against the day of my bearing has she kept this for the poor always have you 
but me ye have not always. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And see, and here's the thing that uh, that uh, that kind of uh, authoritative word comes into your life when you have that intimacy with the Lord. And so you don't want to abandon the intimacy with the Lord because then the, the then the lies of Satan, these words, these accusations that he speaks uh, to you, you will you will be uh, uh, wounded by them, you will be defeated by them. You know, you will fall victim to them. But the word of God, the authoritative word of God comes when you are intimate, when you're at his table, when you're worshiping him and and desiring him and and giving him your your um, your praise and and you're, you're spending time in his word. <laughs> You've got to be spending time in his word. And so this authoritative word of God is going to come back to benefit you when you have been spending that intimacy in that quiet place just you and jesus in his word and in prayer that's when the rescue and everything is going to come to you amen oh my gosh this is this is so good listen you have to believe uh these things believing in the promises of god and and everything else nothing can compensate for the lack of just spending time with jesus oh lord we bless you oh god we we uh, love you and we we hear this invitation this open invitation that god you've uh, you've set a table before us god you've called us you've summoned us to this table uh, to come and dine with you 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 tell us that there will always be a place for you we've for us we've never we've not done anything lord that we cannot turn around we can't repent of and and lord and 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 plead your forgiveness and ask you lord to forgive us and and so if we repent and turn back to you there's always a space at this table for us and we bless you lord because of of that and lord just nourish nourish us give us the nourishment we need and all the things open up our eyes reveal things to us help us to discern all of these lies that we want to come and attack us just open up your your heart begin to show us your will and god just speak to us as only you can speak to us god bless you lord bless you we pray in the name of jesus amen